market. The S&P. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that reads the airline safety card but doesn't fear a little turbulence. I'm Andrew Page and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day Andrew, g'day fools. Unfortunately Andrew, you have been the uh, witness to the effect of a little turbulence on me, I'll have to say up front. Oh yes? You were in an aeroplane with me and our, our dear colleague Matt Joss when I uh, didn't quite manage quite so well with the turbulence flight of the US. Oh, as fast as you may recall. <laughs> I do. However, that wasn't out of sense of fear, that was just a tummy that wasn't particularly Man, you okay. kept that under wraps really well until, <sighs> until the, the very last moment. Yes, and then it was very clear for all to see. <laughs> and then our seats were way too close together. Shall we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> so speaking of turbulence, yes. did anything happen on the ASX this week? Not that I can recall. A little bit of a ruction. Ah, you never hear enough word, of the word ruction except, except when there's a bit of a, a tumble on the market. You've stolen that straight from me. I have, well. Keep going. uh, Imitation is the best form of flattery, (laughs) as they say. Um, And we also have to talk a bit about Wes Farmer. Speaking of eruption, the old... uh... The old Bunnings business over in uh, the UK and Ireland not doing so great. Definitely full ruction episode. That's it, okay. ructions. And uh, is this Myers Waterloo with Solomon Lou stalking the board? We're going to do a few mailbags, and I'm going to get on my high, high horse. It's my turn this week. But mate, that's a lot of stuff to cover. There is plenty. So we, we, and unlike us, we will go well and truly over time. I'm sure <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so let's dive straight into it. All right. Uh, I want to say biggest one day fall in seven years. And I would, and, and one of my favorites, the headline, the biggest points loss ever for the Dow Jones industrial average was recorded. Why do this you want week. to start me on a rant? Why would you do that to our <laughs> poor listeners? I know it's going to get under your skin. Oh. Well, why would that annoy you? Why? Well, it's true. It's factually true. The yes, Dow Jones, is. the index that tracks the US market, one of the indexes, covers about 30 odd stocks. It dropped by some ungodly number of points, 1,500 points or so. It's never lost that many points in a single day. Why would you have a problem with that? Because I lost last week the entire equivalent of a 1914 salary. Whoa! Exactly. One year's salary for one bloke. I lost that amount of money yesterday. So so it's not that significant when you're coming from a record point. I'm going to try and keep my blood pressure and my voice down and explain it clearly without without a rant. So here's the thing. Um, I tweeted during the week. I said, you know, what's the best way to have the biggest points fall in history? Mm -hmm. Start from the highest points level in history. And so it's all about percentages. If I told you I'm going to take two bucks from you, you'd Mm -hmm. think, well, I don't like it, but not going to cost me much. It was a year's salary in 1812. And that's... You've done the research, haven't no, you? No, I just made that up. <laughs> and that's, the, that, that's exactly right. So, mm. you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a proportionate response, a proportional question that we need to answer here. Um, what you lose as a pro, what you make as a proportion of what you started mm-hmm. with, equally, you can say, oh, I've got the greatest points increase in history. Yep. I mean, increases are always great. But is it a big deal? Well, no. If you, if you go from 100,000 to 101,000, mm-hmm. that's a 1% gain. The fact it's 1,000 points is neither here nor there. It's about how much more money do I have than I had yesterday. And okay, the okay, help. professor. Okay, I, I, I get it. I get Here it. Here we go. But get ready. But that's a. That it's very early in the podcast. You'd be throwing grenades. But go on. My coffee hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> so that's a bloody big points fall yes, either way, yes. though, right? That is a huge. Fall. And and you know the old saying is when the US sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. Yes. And markets around the world, including here, um, our little humble ASX, mm-hmm. had a very big fall. Uh, a huge, I think it was almost 6% top tick to bottom tick over two days, which is, it doesn't happen that often. Um, so, I, so I guess now that your rant's over, the next question <laughs> is... That was pretty good. That was, was a nice, rant. No, that was good. I kept that nicely under control. Sorry, mate. Caffeine Out will kick myself. in soon. Um, why did that happen, first of all? <laughs> oh, mate. So here's, I mean, this is a, the, the honest answer is no one ever really knows entirely why things happen. So, you know, when you, when you see a say, bunch of people running, you, you run you run with them, right? And that's kind of what happens, right? Yeah. So, so look, the... the and, and in saying that, there is a reasonably rational, not rational, there is a reasonably explainable 
um, circumstance that caused this fall. Mm -hmm. Effectively, what happens, hey, share prices have been on an absolute tear, particularly in the US, over the last year and year and a half. Oh, I want to say 25, 30% up for the US market was in up, the last 12 months. It was up 30% before the falls this yep. week. And so that's about almost three times the average gain in Huge. one single year, yep. right? Yep. So you, see, you get a sense of the magnitude of that. And that is really big. And a very big 10-year period, really, before that. I mean, Correct. It's been a very, very good run from the lows of the GFC. So everyone's excited. Everyone's optimistic. Everyone's looking forward and feeling pretty good. And that's kind of exactly when you'd expect that any particular bit of bad news would shake the market from its somewhat of a slumber. I think I said at the start of the year when we were, we were doing crazy prognication, prognostications. How's that coffee? Properly. It's, it's, it's still, still not kicked in. That, that it was going to be a tough year for the market. Am I yeah. calling this way too early? Oh, mate, February 7, how could that possibly be? 37 <laughs> days into a 365-day year, how could you possibly be calling that too just early? Just draw a line under that. Right, let's move on. Thoughts, this is just, Andrew has just guaranteed the market goes up from here, <laughs> this which, tripling, which is the good it news. It is tripling in the next three weeks. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, on Friday, some numbers came out in the US. They were really, really good numbers. So wages growth was up, employment numbers were up, Sounds and good. inflation was starting to come back to life. And normally, a lot of inflation is bad, yep. but no inflation is also just as bad for the economic we machine. Should, we should dig into that another time. We will. That's an interesting But story. for now, let's go with that. Mm -hmm. And what it did is it said, to, it said to markets, and particularly bond markets, and particularly interest rate markets, it said the Federal Reserve, out their version of the RBA, will almost certainly raise rates as much as expected this year, possibly more mm. in terms of the number of rate rises, the speed of those rises, and possibly even how high they eventually go. And that spooked markets. So people who were thinking, well, it's, it's spooked, okay, nothing much to change. It spooked what market in particular first? Well, everyone is the problem, but effectively started with the bond market. And so I'm, I'm going to fish for a certain term. <laughs> you know the term. I want it. And I'm avoiding it studiously. Yeah, if, you're gonna, if, you're gonna, if you want it, you're going to have to say it because I flatly refuse. Go on. bond Kano. bond 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 Volcano to portmanteau. Yeah. Uh, there's a very, very good reason that financial types aren't marketers. That is one of them. And I won't, it's not Andrew's fault this time. That has been used by others inadvisedly for the last few oh, days. Oh, it's so terrible. It's, it's so terrible a word. Bond Kano, because bond prices have been falling. Falling bond prices means higher interest rates. Higher interest rates mean lower share prices. And everyone got a bit spooked. Is that fair to say? That was much better than I did. <laughs> that's, that's, so that's exactly what happened. So right. higher interest rates mean more debt repayments for companies with debt. Mm -hmm. And it means that, again, without going to the algebra of this stuff. We've talked about it before. We have. Yeah. So share prices are are fixed on a risk-free rate, which is the yield, mm -hmm. effectively the bond yield of the US Treasuries, mm -hmm. plus a premium you want to get for taking more risk. Mm -hmm. So cash in the bank is largely risk-free. Yep. You buy shares, they could go up, they could go down, they could go bankrupt, mm -hmm. they could make a fortune. There's risk there. Mm -hmm. And so people will pay more for that risk. The problem is as the risk-free rate increases, it's simply... Uh, if you compare the two, the yeah. relativity of share attractiveness falls. And if the relativity, if the attractiveness falls, then you're going to pay less for those shares, as you said. Okay. So again, that, again, we've, we've talked about that. So we had this big tumble. Things kind of sort of, you know, we talk about calling it early, but so far things are sort <laughs> of seem to stay. Well, here's alive. the thing, right? It shouldn't have been a massive tumble. I, I am flat. Well, I'm not surprised anymore because we've done this for such a long time, mm -hmm. Andrew. But, but I'm still flabbergasted that people are stupid enough to A, have either not seen this coming or B, responded so ridiculously to what might be an extra quarter of a point increase this year or even next year, yeah. for that to have precipitated a fall. At one point, the US Dow Jones closed down 4.6%, lost one twentieth of its value Massive. on the basis of the possibility that maybe rates will increase a little bit faster than was previously expected. Yep. The maths of that is just stupid. And so 
And frankly, who wasn't expecting it? We've talked about this on, on, on this program. Yeah. We've talked about it everywhere else. Rates were always going to go up. The US economy was always booming. There is no surprise in any of this. I'm, I'm only surprised that people were surprised. I, I, I said to you on the week, it reminded me a little bit of the commodity boom and bust because, again, yeah, right. that was always yes. in and out. I mean, I'm not saying anyone would obviously be able to pick exactly when it would turn and by right, how much right. and exactly how it would fall out. But the fact that commodity prices were going to come down at some point in the future yes. was a given. Yeah. We just knew it as, as sure as the sun was going to rise tomorrow. And even if even and, even if you said it wasn't that 100% absolutely unquestionably definite, well, it was well. so far more likely than not. Even even if you even if you didn't have to believe fully in the in the it must go down, mm. looking at those numbers and saying, well, uh, short of anything else happening, this is unsustainably high. Yeah. The risk were just nowhere near that, and so any investor who was caught out by it, madness. So, so we have to we have to um, move on. But before we do, we, we should always um, finish with a so what. Yes. Big tumble on the market. You had a bit to say about buying on the dips last week, <laughs> so we won't visit that too much. But that was, I, mean, I, I may have been to blame actually. We recorded that about. Well, I was, I was put to air about an hour or a day before the US market crashed. So I, if, if I'm responsible, I apologize in advance. But I guess people out there will be going, okay, so things are back a little bit. It's a bit cheaper now. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, two, the two questions are either A, is this the start of something bigger? Should mm -hmm. we expect more falls? Or B, is this an opportunity to maybe get something slightly a little bit cheaper, even though I'm definitely almost certainly not buying on a dip? <laughs> so here's and the, so the, the rant last week that listeners will recall if they were bothering to listen that long and they probably weren't because you know who would, uh, but those of you who happened to just not find the off button or, or happened to be stuck in a train and couldn't couldn't turn your phone off, um, we talked about not buying dips because they were dips. Mm. And so the, the the simple reality remains: if you thought shares were attractive last Friday and they're cheaper today, then you want to buy more of them. Mm. If they weren't attractive last Friday, they're a couple of percent cheaper now. Yeah. That is nowhere near enough a big of a discount. If I'm saying you will, you buy your jeans for 150 bucks mm. over 147. You're not going to trample down to the store and buy them if you think 150 bucks was always expensive. Mm. On the flip side, if you think, hey, your, your $15 jeans are now $14, well, they're always cheaper at 15 At 14 they're even cheaper. Go and buy some more. Yeah. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. So also in the news this week, we had Wes Farmers. We have to work on that segue, dude. Yeah, it's not so also in the news. This week. <laughs> Speaking of jeans Speaking of and companies jeans. that sell jeans, that's better. They're owned by companies who are investment conglomerates who happen to be called West Farmers. I see what you did there. There you go. I like that. Hey, you can use that. So West Farmers. When we re-record re this, you can put that. We'll in. We'll do that. I'll, right. I'll look a lot smarter. Right. Uh, which frankly wouldn't be hard. <laughs> West Farmers, as uh, uh, they they own Bunnings, and yes. Bunnings is you know one of the best businesses in the country. I yes. would say. So for those who don't know West Farmers, what else do they own, Andrew? Uh, they own Coles. You might, another little business you might be aware of. And are uh, they own a, a Coal mine. Mm -hmm. uh, they own tons of business. Target, they, Kmart, conglomerate was the word that you used. Chemicals business, and they have been around for a long time. They got they got agricultural assets. They got a whole bunch of stuff. Correct. Um, but the big ones, uh, Bunnings uh, and Coles, mm -hmm. and uh, Bunnings, stonking, stonking success. So they thought that they would try to replicate some of that success <laughs> in foreign markets. They went over to the UK and not going so well. No, so they bought a business called Home Base in the UK. Mm -hmm. Thought they'd take they'd export the Bunnings model. So they, they changed the product lineup that had Entirely. been working relatively well over there? No, not really. So this is the if there is an opportunity there, home base itself wasn't doing particularly well as a business. Okay. And so they probably saw the opportunity to buy an established customer base, an established real Store estate footprint, footprint exactly, yep. and say, well, if we took our model and put it in their stores and bought it at a decent price, mm -hmm. we should be able to make some money doing that. Yep. yep. Hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So they wrote <laughs> down the value of the business. Yeah. They they've they've said they're reviewing the business. Mm -hmm. They said we're not necessarily considering selling, yep. but we're not ruling it out either. Yep. 
So what, 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 what do you make of all So that? a couple of interesting things. There's a new CEO there. So he mm-hmm. kind of has carp launched like the old bloke didn't have to say it was his mistake, I'm selling it. So yeah. that's why it's easy to leave all you always on want the to table. blame it on the previous uh, person. And, and you kind of can in this case, right? He inherited that business. Yep. If he decides he doesn't like it, he's not stuck with the, the confirmation bias, the psychological traps, the reputational traps of yep. saying, yep. well, I made the call. I've got to try and make it work. Mm-hmm. He can happily part company with it should he so see fit. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating, you know, it's, it's a real cautionary tale. If you think about how su- incredibly successful Bunnings is in Australia, I'll draw a parallel. Walmart in the US, mm. world's biggest retailer by, by a quantum, yep. um, spectacularly successful, mm-hmm. uh, tried to go to Germany mm-hmm. and couldn't make it work. They literally couldn't take the biggest and best retail concept in the world yeah. to Germany and make money. Huge capital backing as well. They had all right, the money, right. very deep pockets to make that work. And you kind of think if Walmart can't make it work in Germany, then, then there's something else going on. And so yeah. when it comes to Bunnings in the UK, look, you know, the, the Aussie sausage chisel doesn't quite translate to the UK, particularly in the middle of winter when it's snowing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the product range thus far at least was very different. So um, the home base was kind of like a home improvement kind of Somewhere between Bunnings and Harvey Norman, really. You could buy photo okay. frames and, and washing machines, and oh, yeah. they had rooms set up where you could buy furniture. And it's a little bit more like what Masters was trying to do. Ex- exactly right. Now, yeah. so that's the, which is the irony, right? Yeah. So, and again, you would think if Bunnings can make it work here, if they've got the smarts, the people, the systems, the processes, the brand, the everything else, how could you not make it go, go of it in the UK? And I think that's mm-hmm. a it's a cautionary tale for everybody. I got to say, at the time, I wasn't a fan of the of the expansion, but I also was prepared to give them some rope because of that success. Bunnings is probably the best retailer in the country. If you, if this was listed as a separate entity, I have no doubt we'd consider Bunnings to be the best retail business in the country. Yeah, I should disclose it is one of the recommendations on my score. Not Bunnings per se, but the trust that that owns most of the, well, a good deal of their properties as and well. Most is a recommendation for us at Share Yes, just too. for full disclosure. Yeah. And, and for good reason. I mean, they've done stonkingly well. Yeah, look, I think and I, I, West Farmers is a very well-run business. Bunnings is a fantastic business. Mm. I'm still not sure they can't make a gold of it in the UK. I think I'd, I'd like to see them tough it out. Yep. Uh, but at some point, you've got to say, we tried, we failed. We're not going to throw good money after bad. I'm a big fan of the concept of failing fast. There's, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of good reason to try things. No, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, uh, but when it doesn't work, you don't want to throw good money after bad. That's true. I, I, just for the sake of being a devil's advocate, the other thing is also the overnight successes that take 10 years to be overnight successes. Of course, successes, yes. Right? And that's so very true. There is some... There is some if, this is what I think. So Masters, without diverting too far, Masters in Australia, I was a little bit disappointed that Woolies closed it down so quickly, quite frankly. Bunnings has 20, 25% of the market here. That means there's 75% of the market yep. available for somebody else that that a second big box hardware retailer couldn't make a go of it in and they, they were partnered the with Lowe's. So the US right, right. Lowe's as well and, yeah, yeah. and Woolies. I mean, I, I was, I was, I'll admit too, I was on the cheerleading squad for my, I thought yeah. it's not going to be an instant success, but they have every chance of making a red hot go of it. And they just failed spectacularly. Well, but yeah, they did. But also it was a terrible time for the rest of the business. And I think in different hands at different times, this is why expansion so is so much tough. Luck you can in, waste in a lot of money. Too. You need yeah. luck. You need, frankly, a, a dedicated supportive shareholder base. Yeah. Yep. And we know shareholders are notoriously fickle and short-tempered, short as we've term. seen this yep. week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know that, that's part of the challenge. So look, I, I hope, I, frankly, I'd, I'd, if it was my money, if I owned the business, I'd back them to spend some more money in the UK trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't try and fail too fast. But to your point, throwing good money after bad would be dumb. Yep. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Another company specific uh, news this <laughs> week. Speaking of dumb, yeah. Uh, there was uh, Solomon Lou has got Is that a. Segue? Speaking of dumb, so that's. Segue uh, yeah, a bit slow. That, that coffee will kick in <laughs> any second now. Solomon Liu, who's a preeminent retailer, uh, rag trader is the press like Billionaire rag trader. Billionaire rag trader. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, he owns Premier Investments. So he owns things like Smiggle, uh, Just Jeans, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff. 
And he's got a pretty big uh, chunk of Maya shares, which he bought a little while ago. He's yes. not doing too well on no. the investment. No. Um, uh, but now he, he, he wants to shake things up and he's sort of agitating for a bit of a board spill. Yeah. Should he bother? Oh, man, so much wrapped up in that question. So billionaire rag trader, Solly Lou, the, the, he owns the Epithet in Australia. He is yes. the billionaire rag trader. Yeah. Um, made a squillion dollars running really good retail businesses. Yeah. Um, he owns or he owns most of Premier Investments, who yep. most people won't know, uh, but Premier owns Just Jeans, Peter Alexander, Smiggle, JJ's, Dotty, a whole lot of stuff. Really good um, wealth creator, have done term shareholders. Job. Yeah. And yep. so he, he's, he's worth listening to. Yep. Um, is it worth his while? I, I, I worry about it because, and Premier Investments is a recommendation as a share advisor, mm-hmm. um, I worry about it because I don't know that Maya can be saved. And if, look, if anyone can, I believe it is solely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of, again, a bit like West Farmers. If anyone has earned the right to have a go, it probably is solely. Yeah. Um, I, I worry that Myra is just too far gone and needs such radical surgery that it's probably a price for every asset to some degree. I, yeah. So maybe, maybe at some price it's worth it. What worries me a little bit is I don't know. You know what? If, if he can just shake the board up, and get his strategy in place without costing any shells any more money. Literally, just try and try a new strategy to see if it works. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think mm. yes, he should bother because you got to try something, right? As long as it doesn't cost any more money. Mm. If he's going to do a full takeover of Myra, I'd be a bit worried. Yeah. Um, he's going to, particularly if he's going to pay top dollar. Yeah. But I think Myra as a business is, I think, it's structurally broken and challenged. But it's not to say that you can't eke some gain out of it by fixing a few things, doing a few things better. Yeah, I think that's my take as well. This isn't a business that's just had a bit of poor management and sort of, you know, lost its way. This is a business facing substantial yeah. long-term structural change that is unlikely to reverse in my view. Yeah. And and that is a very, very stiff wind to sail into. So we'll come back. We'll keep a, we'll keep a tabs on that one. But best of luck, Sully Lou. That is a, <laughs> that is a very big challenge you've it, got mate. ahead of you. He will need it. Value stocks, markets, stock market, index, share market. This is Motley Fool Money. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We've got some mailbag questions. Mate, do, you do. Want to, do you want to read out the first one? Oh, if I have to, mate, I'll happily do that. We Segways got, aren't getting any better, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> on another note, we've got a mailbag <laughs> question. Yeah. I was going to leave you alone on that one, but you put yourself in uh, it. So I have I'll, to put my hand I'll, up. I'll agree with you. Um, a couple of shout outs. Firstly, to um, uh, the guys, we, we have a Facebook page, of course, and we've got some nice, some nice mentions. Um, from Mick James, just saying, loving the podcast, lads. Uh, he got some grief from a mate of his called Rory Jones on, on, on Facebook. Um, but uh, Mick then said, get on with Rory Jones. So, so Mick, thank you for uh, your positive words. We appreciate it. Um, frankly, we're as narcissistic as the rest of them, so we'd like to hear you when you like our podcast. <laughs> we we sure appreciate do. it. And then we repeat it on the podcast <laughs> just you, for that extra ego stroke. And you got a specific response or specific uh, comment on Twitter from a follower of yours asking about the content of our podcast. Uh, I did, and I'm strong. I'll read it out. Please, it I've Dale, lost my spot. Dale D, D-E, I don't know if that's short for something or not. Dale D, who is Slade-Craft on Twitter. And Dale says... Are you two ever going to expand the podcast length or even add a second show? It's like you guys can't really get into a subject before you have to jump. I think that is a really, really brave thing of Dale to ask. Careful what you wish He's for. He's going to get flamed by every say. other listener on Twitter who says, are you kidding? These guys already talk for way too long. I know we struggle with it. Obviously, we struggle with it. But the, the, the trouble <laughs> is, is I guess that there are some very big topics that we like this right, morning right. we talked for just a little bit about you know the, the bond cane on there and that, that is that is <laughs> you a, talked about the bond that is a 10 hour series right there in and of itself if Don't you worry, really want to get that. down the rabbit hole so there's a balance between 
what you know, sort of keeping it at yeah. a higher level, more or less interesting, and, and getting right down into the weeds. So mm -hmm. what we did, Dale. In fact, we 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 had a good chat on this one. And we thought what we might do is when topics like that come up again, we're not prepared enough to do it this week. But when <laughs> things like that happen again, we'll just do the normal podcast. But then we'll add a PS section at the end. So for those that have the time or inclination and want to dig into it a little bit deeper, we'll do that after the show as a, as a as a postscript. Yeah, look, you know, we, we it's hard, right? So we've got a whole group of listeners. We've got we've got millions of listeners, tens of millions. <laughs> Okay, sure. our mothers listen, and 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 we, you know, it's it's hard. Dale. We we try and we try and keep it interesting and light, but also give you enough content and detail to make it pretty exactly. Uh, give you enough content and detail to make it kind of worth listening to. And so we, you know, the combination of entertaining and light and heavy and depth and all that kind of good stuff. Um, it's kind of the you know, <laughs> I won't pretend we know much more about the media industry than we pretend to. Um, but it's just the challenge is trying to get that that bit right. So we kind of figured, as Andrew said, doing something maybe after the end of the regular podcast, a kind of a bit of a, hey, for those still around, here's a bit more detail, might be useful. Um, I will say, Phil, so if you, as you're listening, we do have a Twitter account. It's the Motley Fool AU, all one word. Um, if you have some thoughts, do you want more? Do you want less? Do you want longer? Do you want shorter? Um, do you want something different? We're, we're, we're here for you guys. If no one listens, then we're wasting our time. And if we're not suiting your needs, then we're also doing that. We'll have listeners with very, very different perspectives, of course. Some will say longer, some will say shorter. Mm -hmm. Some will say more topics, some will say fewer topics. Um, but let us know. Give, give us a shout out. Give yeah. us your thoughts. Um, we can only we can only change and respond to what you say you want. And, and if you let us know, that'll help us better do a job of, of serving you with this podcast. Now, Conrad has done just that. He has, hasn't he? Well, he, he's actually written to your uh, Twitter handle, yes. TMF Scott P. That's me. And he says, hi, Scott. Once again, love the podcast. Thanks, Conrad. Another self-serving shout out that I hey, just hey. had to plug there. <laughs> I think it's only fair that when you- you say, hi, Scott, love the podcast. He meant like, that's me on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure. Just... I'm absolutely sure that's what he meant. <laughs> and interestingly enough, uh, yes. Conrad, uh, at Conrad G123, he says- I think it's only fair that you mention that you can cash your Bitcoin out via local services. Yeah, that's a good point. So we've we've joked very regularly about the fact that I can't sell my Bitcoin, and that is true through my chosen wallet, which is Coinbase. Um, so fair warning for anyone who's listening, don't go with Coinbase if you want to sell quickly. But you absolutely can transfer Bitcoin from one wallet to another, from one exchange to another. And so it literally would be a case of me opening up an account with, say, I, I, won't, I won't mention them because I don't know in detail which ones they should go with. Um, that's a couple you can go with. They're not hard to find. Uh, but I could, I could transfer it to another wallet and simply cash that out. So, yes, I can sell. We, we, do, the, we do the can't sell thing largely as a bit of, a bit of fun just for, for, the, for the hell of it. Um, but, yes, you can, you can sell your Bitcoin. Just, just choose a provider that lets you sell, not just buy, which I clearly didn't now, do. Now speaking of fun, the, the reason I really <laughs> wanted to do this mailbag was – so how's your Bitcoin going, mate? Yeah, so let's go to the, the high horse, Andrew. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, you, no, let's, you, let's, you, let's I, not move on. I don't, want to, I don't want to run out of time, mate. We're going to run out of time if we're not careful. I, I want to be very mindful no, no, of we'll make time. Time. We will make time, oh, my can, friend. No, you can't make time. I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll the, do the high horse next week. No, no, no. no. I, I'd be ashamed people to miss out on the no, high horse. That's all right. I'll, I'll update listeners. So... <laughs> So I want to say that, um, Hi, uh, well, you, you would know better, <laughs> but uh, I, I want to say that after getting to, what, 20,000 US per Bitcoin. So the good news is I'm up 1.12% overnight. <laughs> is it went, it's down about 70%. I'm up about 20%. Since around the start of the year, it is now below, is it below 6,000 US per Bitcoin? Not quite, not quite. It's a bit above that by now. It's, Who'd uh, it's, have thunk it? Hey? I know, it's the equivalent of almost 10,000 bucks Australian. What super smart, so. good looking, funny, intelligent person would have picked it did you make money on bitcoin or did i <laughs> no I, I tell you what i picked it like a dirty nose though if that was ever <laughs> if that was ever a bubble oh come on you you were you were I, negative I, I, from the start don't pretend you were just negative at the top of the price well here's the here's the thing here's i can go, I can go back many many episodes as the price was going up when you were saying oh, i've missed out oh what? terrible i should have bought it no, no no you're right scott you're right fair cop because here's the thing i think <laughs> it is still above when i started using the b word yes. bubble 
Um, it was actually at a price that's below where we are today. There so that, that, that's how clever I am. So you're still saying it's a bubble? Uh, I, honestly, mate, I think it has got further to fall. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it, I, no, you know, I'm not letting you get away with that. Okay. Why? On, on what fundamental basis has it got further to fall? I think that. Why are you sure it's got further? I, to fall? I, I think the factors that have driven it up are, are drying away, and now now that you've got actually, you, we we've dug into this before. We either need this to be seen as a um, a legitimate store of value, and I don't mm -hmm. know if that's actually been done. All we need to see a, a, a very um, value-creating use case, i.e. people actually use the currency as a currency, God forbid. And we're not seeing either of those kinds of things. So, so I must fall from here. And, and there, are other, there are other Bitcoins, no other cryptocurrencies that have sort of, <laughs> while I've said on the record, I think blockchain's some wonderful technology. I think mm -hmm. there's a future use case there. The way that lands out, I just think statistically the odds are against you. It is not worthless, Bitcoin, but it ain't worth 6000 bucks per Bitcoin, in my humble opinion. Andrew Page, I charge you with using the reverse endowment effect to justify your own views. If I use <laughs> the exact with it. If I use the exact reverse of that scenario for the reason the price would go up, you'd say, you've got no fundamental basis for that. Yeah, but that's different. Because <laughs> it just is. <laughs> uh, I will say for the record, I'm still up slightly on my Bitcoin purchase. I'm about 25%, which I'll which I'll happily take for now until it falls below that, and then we shall never ever mention it again. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and for the record, as I should say, we had said I think last week or the week before, um, this was just a bit of fun. I, I invested. I invested. Here we go. I threw 100 bucks in it. I betted 100 bucks on it. Are you telling me not to sell? Don't start telling me it's justification. Um, it was it was just for, for the fun of following along. I have no investment. Advice on it, I definitely wouldn't suggest members go out or listeners go out and buy Bitcoin. Um, it's a bit of fun to follow along with. I think, as you said, Andrew, the technology has something going for it. Um, but please don't take our on-air on ramblings as, as a reason to either buy or not buy Bitcoin. It's a very, very risky and speculative asset. Oh, 100%. You, you were talking a bit before about uh, buying on the dips. And I, I did note that on the way from 20,000 to 19,000 to 18,000, there was there was plenty of sort of people in the Twitters <laughs> of a, Twitterverse saying, buying the dip this is a great opportunity. I'm like, oh, how did that work out for you guys? Oh, my. The, the amount of social media mentions of Bitcoin on my Facebook and Twitter feeds has dropped dramatically. It has, so. hasn't it? There's an index right there. A lot there. of fair weather friends there. Oh, very. Very much so. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, alternative assets that uh, have questionable value. Mate, a good segue. Do you want to get up on your high horse? Well, see, see, that's I'm how a, it's done. Well, mate. I'm a little, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protest to the union here because Liam's not with us today, which means there's no sound effects. So it hardly feels as though it's worth doing without a... Do you, yeah. want to, do you want to do your best clip-clop as long as you think that As long as you think that's a coincidence, mate, I'm happy to do that. Hang on. <laughs> I'm grabbing the bottle of eucalyptus spray here, and I'm going to do this. Ready? Oh. Thanks, bad, mate. That was all right. Yeah, that was all right. You're welcome. Mate, I am, I'm going to rant uh, on, on um, speaking of useless stores of value, on gold. <laughs> and and I and you know what? I know what ahead. Because every I think time, you telegraphed the lead, dude. I totally did. <laughs> whenever you mention, I've, I've done this long enough to know that whenever I mention gold and how I'm not a fan of it, mm -hmm. I'm going to expect a million emails and that from the gold bugs. And look, there's different different strokes for different folks. And, and you know, there's not one way to invest. And I get all of that kind of stuff. And if you like gold works for you that's great isn't though but this is my podcast <laughs> and and uh, i get to say what i like and i just don't like it and, and the reason i mention it uh today and i think i've uh, ranted on it before is this this useless lump of metal mm. that basically just sits there and doesn't do anything in fact mm -hmm. costs you money to hold um, has, has, has gotten a little, with the volatility, you put it in the digging hole in the backyard and bury it. You, you could always do that. Yeah, that's, that's, free. that's going to create a lot of value for you. <laughs> so, so it's gotten a bit of mention again, because you get the usual culprits come whenever there's a bit of volatility and the markets, as we said at the start of the program mm -hmm. has dropped quite a bit. 
now's the time to get into gold. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really smart because here's an asset that for, you know, at least the last 10,000 years has held some kind of value pretty well. Yep. And it is considered a safe haven. So when things get really, really, really scary, the smart money, quote unquote, goes to gold because whether the whole of Western you know, economy collapses, mm. you'll still have value that's there. Um, you know what I love about some of those things though? What's that? All those sores that are supposedly true, it doesn't actually happen. Well, this is the thing. They're demonstrably not. It's not just me. This is, here's my opinion. Like, go look at the data. Now, again. I baited that hook, listeners. Oh, the, the gold bugs will say, yeah, but if you did it here and here, and you can't selectively do it. You have to look at averages. Mm -hmm. You have to look at long term. And they, it just doesn't do that well. In fact, if you had, I did a little bit of, I got lost in spreadsheet land, <laughs> as is my want. You know, I. I it's not unusual, dude. I, I, I tend to. You got uh, Tom Jones syndrome with Excel. I totally do. Is it common? It's not unusual. It's not unusual. Well, boom. <laughs> And, and I thought, well, what happened if I had transferred my money into gold the last time we saw a 3% or more dip on the market? Now, you have to go back to 2016, mid-2016, the last time we saw a 3% fall. But there's actually about 10 times that we saw these big 3% fall or more uh, over the last 10 years or so. And every time, had you shifted into gold, you would have been worse off, in most cases, at fairly significantly worse off than had you just left your money in the market. So in other words, it's purported use of this safe haven was was demonstrably not true. Now, had you done it at the peak of the of the market before the GFC, yes, you would have done okay uh, r relatively. Um, but you know, again, it's it's like me saying, well, if I had only bought at the very low of every bear market, I would have done very well. It's too selective. On average, and you know what? As an exercise, I actually went back far further, all the way to where my data series began that I got from Standard and Paul's. And it worked out that about 60% of the time, you are no better off by making this switch. So the odds are against you. So if you can time this to perfection, well, good on you. I mean, then if you can do that, you can make money on anything. Um, but most people can't. And by most people, I mean no one. So I would say, to finish this rant off, whenever you see someone calling for you to move into gold because things are a little bit scary, just think about what it is you are buying. It is something that is probably going to be some derivative instrument that you're not actually buying gold in the first place. Mm -hmm. There's going to be transaction costs. There's potentially tax events. And there's probably a very good chance that you are going to do comparatively worse off than just by staying in the market, even though that means bearing a bunch of volatility. And you know what? One last thing. Don't think that there's no volatility in gold. <laughs> Look at the bloody chart. It moves all over the place. So it, it's, it doesn't even escape, you know, um, relieve you of that rant over. Oh, not really over. Just kind of suspended. Suspended until next time. <laughs> and I, and as, as I say, I know full well I'm going to get a bunch of hate mail and all of that. But... You actually love the hate mail. Come on. <laughs> a little bit. Fool, <laughs> I think that's a very good way to finish this off. We've actually done reasonably okay on time. So Less far. than 30 minutes. So far, quick. So far. Okay, well, that does wrap it up. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to Triple M's Motley Fool Money Podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And you should. And you should. And if you like what you're doing, please give us a nice fat five-star rating. It helps us with our rankings. It helps us reach more people and helps keep us on air, frankly. Which you may not like, but we quite enjoy. We really do enjoy doing it. So, so you know, if you want to off air, don't give us any rate. Don't give us a review. Exactly. And of course, if you'd like a bit more foolish goodness, please yes. go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Lovely. Isn't that good? I love it. Until, Never gets old. Well, not for us. Not for me. <laughs> okay, sometimes for me, but but on Fridays, I'm I'm all over it. Until next week, full on, full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.